Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Pinnell, for today, Sunday, January 8th. Thank you guys for tuning in. Welcome to the first show of 2023. Happy New Year to all of you listeners out there. We greatly appreciate um, your support, your continued support. We've been doing this since December of 2009, so thank you so much, Um I'm sorry, December of 2008, actually. So thank you guys so much for your continued support for all of those years. Um, We hope that this will be a great year for Beauty Talk, and we always welcome you guys' input. Um, Let us know what you want to talk about, what you want to hear, but we hope that we're continuing to bring you guys the best in the business. Um, Tonight, we will be speaking with um, board-certified dermatologist Dr. Portia Love, and right now I'm getting ready to turn it over to Denise so that she guys, she can greet you guys um, and give you some beauty news. Good evening, everyone. Happy New Year and welcome to Beauty Talk, um, another year here on the, uh, on the podcast. So thank you guys again for uh, joining us tonight. And as Denise stated, we will be speaking soon with uh, Dr. Portia Love. And I can't wait for that. Um, but first, we got a little bit of uh, of beauty news. First, I wanted to let you all know a little bit um, because you all always hear us talk about them. So I just wanted to um, give you a little bit of news from uh, the Professional Beauty Association, um, often referred to as PBA. 
And of course, um, they are of course offering uh, memberships to PBA uh, starting at $50 a year. You can become a member starting um, as low as $50 a year. You can join as a student member, a preferred member, a business of one. You can join as a business, meaning like a salon um, or day spa, um, but you can also join as a visionary. And for more information on that, you can call them at 866-766-6875. Again, 866-766-6875. Also, um, ISSE is now Premier Premier Anaheim. Uh, We talked about this a little bit um, last year, late last year, but ISSE is now called Premier Anaheim the Ultimate Beauty Experience. It takes place this year, April 1st, I'm sorry, April 2nd through the 3rd at the Anaheim Convention Center. So that's Premier Anaheim, formerly known as ISSE, Premier Anaheim taking place at the Anaheim Convention Center in Anaheim, California on April 2nd through the 3rd. And for more information on that, you can go to probeauty.org. Okay, so the main thing I wanted to talk to you tonight talk to you all tonight about in the beauty news um, was something that just came up recently um, a few days ago, and I'm going to read something to you all from Bloomberg. Um, There was no way I could summarize this. (laughs) I wanted to um, give you all the facts, Um, you know, as they're being told and as they're being reported, because there's been a lot going around um, on social media in the past couple of days, so... I'm going to give it to you from Bloomberg, okay? So it's all about uh, Morphe. I know you guys may have heard about uh, Morphe closing their stores, and if you haven't heard about that, um, I'm I'm about to tell you now. So Morphe brand, once valued at $2 billion, is closing all U.S. stores. The makeup maker is struggling after the demise of lines tied to YouTube stars James Charles and Jeffree Star. James Charles, who has more than 20 million YouTube followers, I'm trying to let that sink in, (laughs) more than 20 million YouTube followers, helped turn Morphe into a social media sensation. Morphe Makeup, which rode the power of social media stars to rapid growth and a $2 billion valuation, said it's planning to close all its U.S. stores. On Thursday, the company listed about 20 locations on its website. Former brands, Morphe's parent company, said in a statement that it's shutting down its physical stores to focus on e-commerce and wholesale. Partnerships with powerhouse Internet celebs such as Jeffree Star and James Charles helped revenue top $400 million in 2019. I want you to let that sink in. Four hundred million in 2019, according to a company presentation from December 2021 uh, reviewed by Bloomberg. But Morphe severed ties with them after Star was accused of using racist language in 2020, and allegations of sexual misconduct plagued uh, James Charles in 2021. Results at Former, which generates about 80% of its sales from Morphe, has since suffered. Revenue missed internal planning uh, by about 20% in 2021, according to the document. 
In the first 10 months of that year, revenue tied to Charles Starr and Jacqueline Hill, who's another social media star, fell by 66% to $32 million. From Beauty World Darling, known for its accessibly priced eyeshadow palettes, and frenzied store openings once again shows the danger of betting on social media buzz. It's a risk, risky model, said uh, Kelly Dobos, a cosmetic chemist who works as an industry consultant. Influencers always become less relevant. So I, I want you all to let that sink in as well. Influencers always become less relevant. In October, Women's Wear Daily reported the company was considering bankruptcy. As part of a buyout by private equity firm General Atlantic in 2019, the company took on $650 million in debt. During a court proceeding last month in Hawaii, a lawyer defending former in a lawsuit brought by a landlord alleging the company owes rent said a, bank, said a bankruptcy filing was still being considered. This is just one of several legal spats former has had with mall owners over the past two years. Now, remember, I'm saying former is um, – Morsi's parent company. So basically, when I say former, I'm, I'm meaning Morsi. We changed um, that name. Um, ending relationships with Charles and Starr left the company with an abundance of inventory it had trouble selling, according to a former employee who asked not to be identified. The company also spent heavily to launch a makeup line with pop star Ariana Grande, but sales disappointed, according to a second former employee. Morphe founded in 2008 and based in Los Angeles, won fans with cheaper options often tied to influencers with huge fan bases. Star and Charles each have more than 15 million followers on YouTube. A palette of 35 Morphe eyeshadows would sell for about $30, while some competitors charge more than 100 for 10. The influencer branded makeup regularly sold out. That caught the attention of General Atlantic, which bought a majority stake in the company in a deal that valued it at more than $2 billion. But there were early signs of trouble. Despite the bullishness of leveraged finance markets in 2019, investors balked at the $650 million loan intended to finance the deal, leaving Jeffrey's uh, financial group stuck with most of the debt on its books. Jeffrey's eventually sold a chunk of the loan to investors. But Morphe soon struggled as a pandemic reduced demand for makeup with people masking up and staying home. Then it cut ties with Jeffree Star. Seeking to diversify away from influencers, Morphe rebranded itself as Forma, an incubator focused on acquiring and building out smaller lines. But the company's strategy floundered. In the document reviewed by Bloomberg, Forma said that in 2022, the plan to pause development and, and investment in new products to several of its brands. Shelby Wild, a founder of Play It, I'm sorry, uh, it's something crazy. I messed up my article. Done. This sounds like one big mess. Um, yeah, it is. It's interesting because I'm listening to these numbers that you're telling us to marinate on, and it sounded like these two influencer uh, brands were the heart and soul of of the company. Yeah, and yeah. I just remember I remember Morphe when they first came on the scene. They're like a sister company to Crown Brushes. 
and they're actually the the owners of both, you know, our siblings. And right. I just I I I think at first I'd never I guess I would have never even thought Morphe going the direction that they went in. And then when they, they opened up a flagship ship store, I was like, okay, great. But then next thing you know, when, when a few years after that, when I started seeing them popping up in malls, I was kind of shocked at that. Um, yeah. And, and they actually started selling uh, brushes, just like Crown, because it was like certain siblings split off from the other ones. Because, you know, mm-hmm. Crown was big for selling brushes, but they also had other other stuff like a few cosmetics here and there, but not many, but that's how that's how they got started. They split off from Crown and started selling brushes, and then they became a big influencer brand. Yeah. But Shelby, it, Shelby Wilde No, I was just going to say, I think it, it leads into another discussion of, of just influencer brands in general and, you know, that whole world. That's something really to look into. Yeah. But another brand uh, owned by Shelby Wild, uh, you know, she's the founder of Playa Hair Care, has sued for $15 million in damages for mismanagement of her brand after former acquired it. In a statement, former said the suit was without merit. The company's current state is far from where it was uh, late last decade. In December 2018, Hill, the influencer, opened Morphe's first store in Florida, Hundreds of young women flooded Tampa's International Mall with security guards trying to maintain order. Uh, local press previewed and then covered the event. But four years later, that Morphe store is gone after the company, according to court records, was evicted for owning more than three hundred. I'm sorry, for owing more than three hundred thousand dollars in unpaid rent. Oh wow! So yeah, so it just seems like um, Morphe had more issues other than just the influencers. The influencers. <laughs> Yeah, but That's how you know, there are things going, there are things going around where it's saying that um, you know the company um, built this whole you know marketing on influencers, and from the way it, it from the way this read, it appears that was the case. Um, and there's a lot to be said about that. There's a, um, you know, just as the one lady stated, you know, there are going to be times when certain influencers aren't going to be relevant anymore. I mean, how many influencers have we heard of within the past four or five years that you don't hear anything about them now? You know, you could be the hottest thing today, but it doesn't mean you're going to be the hottest thing, you know, in another year or two. So to base your business on the hype of an influencer may not have been the smartest thing to do. Yeah, I agree. It, it sounds like a, a, a lot. Um, but I think for, on social media, it's being put out that um, because of the demise of the, the two influencers' brands, and that's kind of what's, you know, leaving uh, Morphe in a bad place, but sounds like they were just in a bad place anyway. And, you know, maybe maybe the demise of the of the two influencers, um, brands and reputations may have played a large part in, you know, some of their financial issues. And that's interesting, though, that um, I know they were built on influencer brands, but it's interesting that um, just those, you know, those two brands, alone 
is what was holding them together. That's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. We will move on. I'm sure there's going to be more uh, to report on that um, in the near future. So we'll keep a close watch on that. And one one well, thing I, that I, I did not mention that um, I probably should have been mentioning, I, I wasn't even thinking about this when I was um, looking at the news that I would report tonight, but um, IMAX, IMAX LA is coming up, um, I believe. Let me let me not say I believe. Let me give you the exact date. It's coming up on January 14th through, 5th, through the 15th. Uh, so that's next weekend, um, next Saturday and next Sunday um, at the Pasadena Convention Center. So there's still time to get your tickets um, for IMAX LA. And I can, uh, well, it'll be too late then, but, yeah, IMAX LA. You can go to uh, IMAX.net to get more information on that. So you said that's the 14th and the 15th, you said? Yes, 14th and 15th. Okay. Okay. We're going to have to um, at some point get Michael Key on the show mm-hmm. and just, just to get him on the show to talk a little bit about um, what he's offering in terms of IMAX this year. Um, will it be in more than L.A. this year or, you know, what his plans are? Well, I do know on their website um, they do have um, IMAX London listed, but, you know, there's no exact date just yet, but it is listed for 2023. Okay. All right. All right. We will see. But in the meantime, we are uh, speaking tonight with Dr. Portia Love, and let's see if this is her on the line here. Hello. Yes. Hi. This is Dr. Love. Hi, Dr. Hi, Love. Dr. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you all? Thank you so much we for inviting great. me. Absolutely. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Glad you were of able course, to come of on. Of course. Well, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. And we would like for you to just, let's just, maybe just jump right into the conversation by getting you to introducing yourself and talking a little bit about what you do. Okay. Well, um, I'm Dr. Portia Love, and I'm a board-certified dermatologist and the founder and medical director of River Region Dermatology and Laser in Montgomery, Alabama. In addition, clinical assistant professor at UAB School of Medicine, where I teach medical students and residents, and I also conduct clinical research on various skin and hair conditions. Um, and oh, our wow. practice, oh, thank you. <laughs> our practice is a um, comprehensive skincare center, and we offer general dermatology, cosmetic sur- services, and laser surgery. And so over the course of a day, I can diagnose and treat skin conditions like acne, eczema, pigmentation disorders, and hair loss. And then we also um, treat skin cancers and benign skin lesions. And then from a cosmetic aspect, we offer some of the neuromodulators like Botox and 
dermal fillers, facials, chemical pills, laser services, microneedling, skin tightening, and cool sculpting. Wow. You said a mouthful. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a one-stop shop. I mean, I, yeah, and it's, I have so many questions. Um, but when you said, like, the skin fillers, um, can you talk to us a little bit about what that actually is and, I mean, and what it does? And I mean, it might be self-explanatory, but I see so many young people wanting those types yeah. of services. Yeah. Um, so I think social media has driven a lot of this. Um, but when we talk about dermal fillers, um, the majority of dermal fillers are hyaluronic acid that is injected into fine lines in the face. Um, and so mm-hmm. filler is FDA approved for fine lines and wrinkles um, on the lower face. So we're talking about the nasolabial fold. Um, the lip line, and some fillers are approved for the cheeks. And so um, older, not older, but more mature women, um, you know, as you age, often you lose gravity. <laughs> gravity comes into effect and your things start to sag. And with that, those mm-hmm. nasal labial folds, the lines around the mouth can deepen. And so that is the most common place that people get filler. Um, younger people um, often want it in the lips to make the lips um, fuller. Um, they can also get it in the in the um, nasal labial folds, um, and then filler can also help to kind of enhance your cheekbones as well as um, contour your jawline. So the, our younger folks are probably getting it because they just want to be. <laughs> Uh, they they want to they want a certain look a certain um, I heard right. you mention Instagram um, yes yes they are they come in and they have pictures of how they want their lips to look based on someone they've seen on Instagram um, and um, so that that is what I get a lot of from younger people um, and also wanting the the jawline contouring. Um, but um, but definitely the lips. I think the lips for the younger people are very popular. Yeah. <laughs> what what kind of um, consultation goes with all of that? I mean, like, do you ever turn anyone down from getting any of these services? Oh, of course. Um, so in terms of injectables, that would be Botox and fillers. So. Um, Botox is done on the upper portion of the face. So, um, you know, um, those deeper lines in between the eyes, if you frown a lot or forehead wrinkles, and then you can get lines around the eyes. Um, in terms of Botox, um, Botox is not permanent. Um, it's not long lasting, so it may last three or four months. Um, and so, um, there are some neurological conditions that if you have those, they are contraindicated for Botox. Um, and if you would have an active infection in the area where we would normally inject, you would not patient. Um, and then if, you know, if a patient has had a reaction to Botox or 
um, we could consider another one of the medications that, that works similar to Botox. Um, in terms of filler, um, fillers can last, depending on the filler, it can last anywhere from six months to two years. And so you have to talk to patients about what fillers they've done in the past, if they've had some recently, you know, within the last few months, that's someone you probably wouldn't want to um, to treat at that moment. Um, um, people with active infections or, um, you know, um, fever blisters, things like that, um, we would need to wait until those have resolved before treating them. Um, um, and then there are some things that can happen with um, filler, um, rare complications. And so you just have to talk to the patient and make sure they're comfortable with um, taking that risk. Got you. Nice. Nice. Let's go, let's go back just a little bit and talk mm -hmm. a little bit about, um, and I know you're a professor at uh, UAB School of Medicine, but let's go back a back to where you got your education and, and also more importantly is like what inspired you um, to become mm -hmm. a dermatologist? What made you want to study skin? Yeah, so um, I, I grew up in Montgomery. I'm a native of the, um, Montgomery and I received my bachelor's degree um, in biology medical studies at the University of Alabama um, and I went to medical school at Duke University and I completed my dermatology training at Duke. Um, but I was exposed to medicine probably in junior high school. I began working for a surgeon. Um, and so I, you know, I worked with post-operative patients after school, taking stitches out, um, wound care. So I was very comfortable using my hands. Um, but I became interested in dermatology probably in medical school because dermatology is a visual specialty. Um, and I like seeing things. I like pictures. I like, um, you know, I like for people to see that their condition is getting better. Um, it's kind of different from more of the internal um, medicine specialties where you're looking more at blood work and that kind of thing. With When a person's mm -hmm. acne is better, they know. <laughs> so um, yeah. I'm a visual person. I like to use my hands. Um, I, you know, I played the piano. I was a majorette, so I love using my hands. And in dermatology, it's highly procedural, so um, um, you do a lot of procedures. Um, so you have to be very comfortable with procedural um, medicine. And so that was one um, reason I was interested. And finally, um, just the diversity of the field. Um, we treat children and adults, all ages, all ethnicities. And what interests me, I was always interested in health disparities. And in dermatology, there are skin conditions that are more prevalent in, in patients with skin of color. And there hasn't mm -hmm. been much, you know, there's, there's not a lot of research on that. So I was interested in um, doing that and um, contributing to the field from that standpoint. Nice, nice. Now, let me ask you this, it, and you can tell me if this is a myth or not, because I've always heard that dermatologists were never taught how to treat acne in school. No, I think, um, like, so in school, um, school is, 
for dermatology, after you finish medical school, then you go do your residency in whatever field you um, are in. And so um, mm-hmm. after medical school, I, I did an internship in surgery. Um, and then I did three years of dermatology. And so dermatology residency training, you learn, you have books, books and books of pictures and um, patients that you see, um, and, and you learn how to treat those things based on the, how common, con- how, how much you see the condition. So acne is the most common skin condition that dermatologists treat. Um, so that's probably the first thing we learned to treat, um, and we we treat it a lot, and we treat it in different types of skin. So I think that's a myth. Um, we mm-hmm. definitely learn how to treat acne, um, um, and, and acne, you know, there are four components of acne. Um, you have to treat all those four components, and then there are cosmetic things that you can do to, to also treat acne and just prevent acne coming back. I always tell a person you can't cure acne. Um, we control it and then we put you on a regimen to prevent you from having breakouts. Gotcha. Now how um how important is it um okay so so you all offer um, facial services and things of that, correct? Things like that, correct? Correct. So how important is it for you to work along with an esthetician when uh, when treating uh, someone with acne? Yes. Yeah, or so is I that have, important to you? Three, no, yes, I have three estheticians in my office, and – um, in terms of acne, um, you know, I'll see the patient and um, I will recommend a skincare regimen based on skincare products and certain prescription products and um, possibly um, an antibiotic or so. And then depending on the person's skin type, we will decide whether or not they want to do um, a cosmetic procedure to help to help that acne and help clear it faster. You know, some people, if the insurance does not pay for the procedure, they don't want to do it. But most people, mm-hmm. um, you know, chemical pills, salicylic acid pills um, are like the most common thing we do in our clinic um, just because we we um, recommend that alongside, you know, your skincare regimen and your prescription treatments. Um, so chemical pills, Facials don't, not so much. Facials are just, you know, good for skin care. But chemical pills, um, we have something called dermal infusion, which is um, microdermabrasion combined with a special, um, a special solution catered to your skin to help treat acne. And then we also have lasers for acne. Um, and so um, we def- I definitely work alongside my estheticians and laser technicians to give the patient the best um, the best way to treat their acne. Nice. I just want to remind everyone that's listening, if you have a question or a comment, you can give us a call at uh, 914-803-5555. 
914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Please make sure you press the option to speak with the host. So one of the things I wanted to um, wanted to ask, and, and this may be kind of off subject a little bit, but I was looking at uh, the Instagram page of your business, and I was looking at a post that was talking about lashes. Uh huh. And I wanted to know, like, when you see people, when people come in, and you know, they they want to, everybody wants nice long lashes. Um, yeah. Do you think that at least at least from my point of view, you know, as a makeup artist, when I see a lot of people with lashes or, or they have damage to their lashes because of, um, you know, the wearing lashes. I feel like a lot of the, the damage comes from the glue and using the wrong glues. Do you do you find that to be true or do you think it's it's more than that? I think it's a combination of things. Definitely um, the the eyelash extensions, particularly the glue, um, it can traumatize the hair follicle um, um, along the eyelash, and so it, it does cause um, traction just like it would um, on the scalp. Um, magnetic lashes are sometimes recommended more so, um, so you can avoid the glue. Um, but what I've noticed is, People oftentimes in life, you'll have um, episodes where your hair on your scalp will shed, um, or um, and that can be due to stress or nutritional deficiencies. Uh, you know, it can be due to all those things. When that happens, your eyelashes can also shed, or you know, they can thin out from over time. And then once things kind of normalize, they can grow back. Um, and so mm-hmm. I've seen that happen with several patients. Um, we know what we offer in our clinic. We offer Latisse. It is a it is a um, medication that can help um, lengthen the lashes if used um, daily. Um, so that mm-hmm. is what we offer from from a lash standpoint. Um, but we do know the glue traumatizes the eyelash, um, and um, and then there are instances where your eyelashes can shed just like your hair. Right. Right. And speaking of uh, speaking of hair, um, yes, I think this might be a good time to time to talk about hair loss and and like hair thinning. Um, Mm. Do you see see a lot of that? Do you see a lot of people come in? And and I'm sure you (laughs) I'm sure you do. Yes. Um, Is it mostly women, or do you get any men? Well, I get men as well, but, you know, 70% of women will will um, have hair loss um, during their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and a lot of dermatologists don't want to treat hair. And so I get mm-hmm. all of the hair loss, or you know, around central Alabama for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they come in with a, a chief complaint of hair loss. And so if you're doing that, that, and they say, do I have alopecia? Um, and um, what I have to describe is, you know, there are different forms of hair loss. There are different types of hair loss. And so the four most common um, types that I see are the telogen effluvium, which is that shedding 
that I describe um, when people have stress or um, thyroid problems, childbirth, surgery. We saw a lot of it with COVID, people just a lot of shedding and hair loss. Um, and then female pattern hair loss is the thinning that you described, which um, um, is very common. Um, and then um, there is a form of hair loss called CCCA, um, which is a scarring form of hair loss. It's actually the most common form of hair loss in African-American women. Um, and then finally, um, there's alopecia areata, which is an autoimmune form of hair loss, which is what um, Jada Pinkett described. But um, mm -hmm. in terms of female pattern hair loss, which is just your thinning, that can, that can run in families. Um, I always tell people, you know, it can, it can come from the mother or the father's side. If, if somebody in your family has thinned, you have um, a risk of thinning. And then age, you know, as we get older, you can thin and then hormone changes. Once you hit 30, you start to um, secrete more of this hormone called DHT, and it can cause more thinning. Um, and some, there are some medications that can contribute to it as well. But in our clinic, we offer, um, we recommend certain DHT blocking shampoos. Um, we prescribe compounded medications with minoxidil. And then we also do PRP or platelet-rich plasma therapy, which help to grow the hair back for women who have the thinning form of hair loss. Now, are these these DHT blocking shampoos, are, is it, are these only things that someone can get um, at your business or, is it, or can they buy these over-the-counter somewhere in the drugstore? So there are a bunch of them. Um, the one um, in the drugstore, there's one called Viviscal that you can get um, in the drugstore. Um, it's very popular. Um, and then there's a medicated shampoo that also blocks um, DHT, um, and it also treats seborrheic dermatitis, which is inflammatory dandruff. Um, and so I often prescribe that shampoo um, for thickening uh -huh. scalp. Um, you just have to be careful um, and use a good moisturizing conditioner with it um, uh -huh. because it can the hair out. Um, but gotcha. but those are some things that we recommend for thinning thinning hair. There are also vitamins out, the Viviscal and Nutrafol. I think those are two of the most um, popular hair care systems right now on the market. Um, and so um, we definitely recommend those for, for women with thinning hair. Now, there are women with thinning and scarring in the hair follicle, meaning that some of the hair follicle has been damaged. Um, and that mm -hmm. can come genetics as well, a genetic kind of predisposition to scarring. Um, people who have fibroids or keloids have a higher risk. But um, in those patients, we actually do steroid injections into the scalp and recommend prescription creams um, and um, just talk about prevention, which you have to be really careful with, um, you know, hair care practices. Um, we know that glue on the scalp is the worst, um, and, and it is mm -hmm. what may be kind of the epidemic of this form of hair loss that we're seeing right now. But we just counsel mm -hmm. patients on um, um, moderating relaxer use, um, um, stopping glue on the scalp, and uh, avoiding tight braids and, and tight hairstyles that cause too much traction on the hair follicle. Now, let me ask you this. Um, 
do you think, and nothing against hairstylists, do you, but do you think, um, I'm trying to figure out how I want to <laughs> ask this question, but sometimes, let me just say it this way, sometimes I feel like um, hairstylists can miss the mark when it comes to a lot of this stuff because um, I agree. Sometimes I, I feel, I mean, yeah, sometimes I sometimes I feel like they're not educating themselves enough, um, I, so that they, they're I, not I, able to to educate us. I don't know what it is, but I have seen so many women who come in to our my office completely bald, scalped completely. Mm-hmm. You know, they have hair on the sides of the scalp and in the back, but the top of the scalp is bald. And they are having relaxer applied to that bald scalp. And oh my um, I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand. But um, there is definitely an epidemic, particularly amongst African American women, with um, the the scarring form of hair loss that I described. And I do think stylists, um, there are a number who educate um, in our community, um, and and when they see a problem, they they quickly get them. Um, over to me, but I, mm-hmm. I just I hope that um, and and I often ask patients I ask them that are you doing your hair yourself or are you going to the south because I will say the people that have the worst hair loss those are people that have tried to do their hair themselves and put their relaxers mm-hmm. in and do their their um, quick weaves and um, I, I will say that, and so I, I try to educate as, as much as possible, but I, I, I know the stylists definitely have um, a role in um, trying to slow this down. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned, you know, the hair, the, the gluing of, of the hair, and then, um, you know, the tight braiding. Um, what mm-hmm. about What about weaves when you have, Braiding as well as the the, the sewing. Mm-hmm. The sewing. Yeah. I mean, it's just that anything, anything. I always tell people if the 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 um, hairstyle was causing you pain, it's definitely too tight. But um, mm-hmm. if you start to see if you start to see little bumps around the hair that has been mm-hmm. sewn in or or braided in, that's that's too tight. That's folliculitis. That's inflammation of the hair coming around that hair follicle. Um, and so um, definitely um, you want to avoid um, those styles that cause too much traction on that hair follicle. Um, additionally, additionally, people, um, we see, I see a lot of what's called seborrheic dermatitis, which is kind of the flaking and itching of the scalp. And so I mm-hmm. just, we have to counsel them. Even though you do have the extensions, you should be washing the scalp, washing your hair at least every two weeks um, to prevent those infections from coming in the scalp. Yeah. Wow. So before we move yeah. into this, uh, more of like um, more of the skin on the face and all that. Let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about your your cool sculpting um, services. Like yes. explain to us exactly what it is and like what areas of the body do you uh-huh. treat with? So cool sculpting um, is an FDA approved fat removal system. 
um, and it removes unwanted or stubborn fat. Um, it's it's great for body sculpting. Um, it's met, it's cryolipolysis, and the fat cells actually die. They undergo programmed cellular death, and so with one treatment, you can eliminate about 25% of fat cells, and, and you can do more than one treatment in an area. Um, what happens is an applicator is applied to the the area that you want treated, and it's placed on that area, and um, the area goes numb, and you undergo the freezing of the fat, and you may stay numb for one week. And so the most common areas that we treat are under the chin, um, the upper arms, the stomach, the flanks, bra fat, inner thighs, um, and all of those areas you have to be able to pinch that fat, like pinch it, hold it in between your fingers. Um, if you can't mm-hmm. pinch, pinch the fat, um, if you cannot pinch the fat, that's considered visceral fat. That is fat that mm-hmm. you need to lose with diet and exercise. But um, mm-hmm. if you can pinch the fat, then that fat can um, area so that those fat cells can be so it's very popular wow. um, um, it's a minimally invasive way to get rid of fat um, you know without having to undergo liposuction or something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so have you seen any like negative side effects to, to cool sculpting at all so um, in terms of side effects, um, you can have the numbness and tingling for a week, you know, one or two weeks, depending on the areas that's treated. There is one rare mm-hmm. side effect that can happen. There's something called um, paradoxical adipocyte hyperplasia. That's where the fat cells in the area can actually get a little bigger. Um, and so mm-hmm. with treatment, it always takes photos after the treatment so that we can see the results. And if that happens, mm-hmm. the um, the company will pay for liposuction in the area where it happened. Um, that is like the one, you know, the one um, side effect that can happen. It's very rare, um, but there have been cases of it. Um, but outside of that, there's, you know, there's no, um, no, major other side effects, no bleeding, no no um, risk of death with puncturing of anything to, of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, gosh, I just, I just had a question. I forgot it just that quickly. And so, so basically these are, these are, um, so once you see the results, I mean, these results will last. Yeah, they can last. Unless you, unless you get back more weight. As long as you don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. As long as you don't gain weight, the results can last. Um, and you can you can do um, more than one treatment in an area. Um, but um, we've, we've seen some amazing results on patients. I think the best patients are are those um, that are within their the BMI that they want to be within mm-hmm. and um, that have that, like I said, the pinchable fat. Um, the mm-hmm. one, you know, it's not a weight loss procedure. It's a kind of a body sculpting procedure. Like you're just trying to get rid of that stubborn area 
that's not going away with diet and exercise. So do you see, do you cool sculpt more stomachs than you do arms? Yes, the stomach is by far the Mm -hmm. most common area. (laughs) The stomach is definitely the most common area we treat. Um, the the, um, the abdomen. Yeah. Wow. So let's talk a little about um, winter skincare because we're, you know, we're in the winter now and we're going through a bunch of different changes with this weather. <laughs> yes. You know, oh one day God. it's freezing cold and, you know, a week Damn. later we're like darn near 80 and, I mean, it's just up yes. and down, up and down. And then, of course, when the weather's up and down outside, then our heat and air goes up and down, up and down on the inside. No, you're exactly right. Um, But normally um, we know that with winter the air is drier, and so, um, Mm -hmm. you know, your skin is drier. And so um, even if you're an oilier person, um, Mm -hmm. you know, people need to change your skincare, need to change your regimen. coming into the winter. Um, and so um, when I when I talk about a skincare regimen, we always talk about three things in the morning and three things at night, just basic. Um, and so in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, you pick your cleanser, pick your cleanser based on your skin type. Definitely, you know, if you have dry or sensitive skin, you want to use a gentle hydrating cleanser. Um, step two would mm-hmm. always be a vitamin C vitamin C serum. Mm-hmm. So even if, um, even though it's winter, the sun is still shining. And so you want to right. protect yourself from that antioxidant damage from the ultraviolet rays. So vitamin C always, and then a moisturizer in the morning. Um, I like ceramide based moisturizers. Ceramides are what they're proteins that create the moisture in the body. And so, um, you know, there's, there are several over-the-counter products that have ceramides, and, and they're extremely important. And then sunscreen. You want to wear your sunscreen in the morning. You want a broad-spectrum sunscreen with an SPF of at least 30 or above, um, preferably mm-hmm. with zinc or titanium dioxide. But you do you do want to do that even in the winter. And then at night, um, you do your cleanser again, your moisturizer, and um, you look at your retinol. Your retinols help with um, just collagen rejuvenation, help to continue to even out the skin tone, um, help prevent breakouts and things. But depending on the retinol that you use, you may need to you may need to skip a few days during the week instead of doing mm-hmm. it every day. You may need to go to three times a week during the winter, um, just because mm-hmm. it is so. You may need to go down on the strength of your retinol during the winter. Um, it just depends. Um, and I think um, a lot of the hyaluronic acid serums that are out, those are especially good during the winter just because those can mm-hmm. add moisture as um, vitamin E. So um, there are a lot of products that combine those things, um, but I think those are definitely um, skincare um, ingredients that you want to use during the winter. Yeah, for sure. So so for the nighttime, you just said a cleanser and a moisturizer. And a retinol. Oh, and the retinol. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, and that's basic. Like I said, um, if you want to add 
your hyaluronic acid, you can. Um, but definitely you need three things that night, the, the cleanser, the moisturizer, and the retinol. Um, and, you know, some people add their hyaluronic acid to their retinol so it can um, moisturize a little bit better. But um, but definitely everybody should be on that. Um, for people with really sensitive skin, um, you know, you may want to just cut that retinol down to once a week. Or, you know, there are some glycolic products like that you can use mm-hmm. in place of retinol if your skin is too sensitive. Gotcha. Yeah, because I was going to ask, did you suggest that retinol for every skin type? Mm-hmm. There are some people... And it's just too, they know it's too sensitive. Um, And so um, we don't, we don't, we have some products with um, concentrated glycolic acid that don't seem to cause too much irritation. And that can help with um, collagen rejuvenation and cell, cell turnover. Right. So what about, what about, what do you think about um, like different serums and uh, face oils? Mhm. I don't like oils on the face. A lot of people use the tea tree oil, jojoba oil, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. you know they can clog the pores. Um, now we have some some um, gels. I think gels are a little bit better on the face, and serums. I think those are fine for the face, um, particularly like mm-hmm. your hydrating um, vitamin B gels. Um, those are great moisturizers. Mm-hmm. For the face, but oils, um, they can always trigger acne for sure if you have acne prone skin, or even if you have dry skin or sensitive skin, they can cause what's called milia, which are little white heads, little white cysts on the skin um, that we have mm-hmm. to actually extract. They pop up. So we don't, I don't recommend oils on the skin. I recommend them for the scalp, and you can use them on the body, but not on the face. Hmm. Right. So I have a caller who has a question. Let me bring her on really quickly. Hi, Viola. Happy New Year. We can't hear you. Viola, we just see you. Turn up we your volume you. a little. Turn up your volume. Okay, what about now? Okay, yes. There you go. Oh, oh okay. Yes, we can hear um, you. Okay, great. Um, tea tree oil, is that good for scalp? How often should I use it for a scalp, especially for those like myself that wear wigs? And I have, and I also um, get braids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can use the, Is your scalp irritated? It gets is that itchy you, at times. Well, it's itchy? Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, so um, tea tree oil is it's nice. It's, tea tree oil is good. Um, you can um, make sure you get a good shampoo that can help with the itchiness and flaking on the scalp. Um, mm-hmm. I think Head and Shoulders has come out with this Royal Oils collection um, that they are providing over-the-counter products for itchy scalp that are um, moisturizing. 
and they don't dry the hair out. So, um, you know, I don't recommend using tea tree oil daily on the scalp. Mm-hmm. You know, once a week or so is fine. Um, um, but all of the 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 hair care systems, the the organic ones, we we typically recommend those um, oils, um, Myel and Tejan, um Design Essentials. I think they have great oils, um, Shea Moisture, and then um, and then now this Head and Shoulders Royal Oil Collection. Um, there are reports of tea tree oil, um, you know, accelerating puberty in children, um, and so. That is why I just I don't recommend it um, um, for younger people, but um, and I don't recommend doing it every day. Um, just and to, when you say you, know, you don't, and when you say you don't recommend it, are you you speaking of tea tree oil by itself, or what if it's mixed in a product? Um, if it's mixed in a product, if it's helping, I think it's fine. But I think with tea tree oil, there are, you know, there are reports of all of this hormone um, dysregulation. And gotcha. so when when I see that, particularly with all this controversy going on with the the relaxers and all that kind of stuff, I, you know, I, I, I just recommend people kind of um, not to use it every day, maybe once or twice a week if they're using it. With us, mm-hmm. like I said, we... We, if a person has extremely sensitive scalp, we we recommend a a prescription oil. There's a popular mm-hmm. prescription oil that you can get for your scalp, but um, I would recommend more more of the organic, um, more of the the lines that say you know they don't have the parabens and the um, and certain ingredients in them. Um, use those oils. I have um, also used the peppermint oil on my scalp, and I made a mistake and put that shit on my scalp and (laughs) got in that Uber with my hat and a wig, and my damn nose opened up my sinus, I tell you that. Uh Uh-huh. So how do I use that peppermint oil? So you just need to use just three or four drops on the scalp and massage oh. it in. It definitely okay. helps. Okay, yeah. I probably use it way de- more than that. Yeah, it definitely can help open up the hair follicles. Okay, and I have, look, I'm about to take over everyone's questions. Then I'll be done. Okay, so <laughs> what about um, shopping for our, uh, a great dermatologist because I'm in Chicago. Uh-huh. And I'm now growing mold. I have a mold now on the side of my mm-hmm. eye, and I need mm-hmm. to get that removed. So what is the best way to shop for a great dermatologist just for that? Because I had went to one, but she wanted to do lip injections. And I'm like, oh, you're pushing me into something else that I didn't come into the appointment for. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know. you, I mean, Chicago has so many. Um, there's a, the American Academy of Dermatology. Um, okay. The AAD, you go to their website and you put in your zip code and, and your interest and you will find um, dermatologists that specialize in whatever you're looking for. 
Okay. And I have These are one more. Certified. Uh-huh. Certified ones. Okay. Uh-huh. And so we're so now that we back are um back outside. So um I'm wearing bras again. So, <laughs> so with that said, I'm getting dark spots underneath my breasts and I never had that. So yeah. what can I do for that? Like getting um like the dark marks. Remove are they the dark can marks you off my them? body? Are they just can you feel the marks or are they just discolored? Discolored. Are they are they gross under your breasts or is it just discoloration? Discoloration. Yeah, there's a um cream, um, Palmer's Palmer Spade cream. Um okay. they've come out with a new they've come out with a new formulation that combines um kojic acid and and vitamin A and vitamin E. Um, and it does not have the hydroquinone in it that um, there's so much controversy about. Um, so I would recommend getting that and start using that. And you can use that oh, every day. Um, you said because Palmer's? It doesn't have Palmer's. Uh-huh, Palmer's okay. cream. They're popular for cocoa butter, but um, they, they have a, a new formulation of their fade cream. Okay. Okay. You're amazing. You know that. You're so amazing. <laughs> oh wow. You're just so amazing and just so chill and giving me the best the best. As always, the Chanel Sister B D talk always come through for us. <laughs> and it's bigger than a community because I am now one of your clients now. So <laughs> I really appreciate you and I appreciate the beauty talk for always educating us. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Bye bye. So another question. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So so Shantina Brightman is asking, what is the best remedy for reoccurring hives on the face around the hairline? So so I'm just wondering from Shantina, are they are they like small bumps? Uh, is she because on the I'm, phone? I'm I'm just no, she's not on the phone, but she sent a text okay. message. I'm, I'm just so, wondering because yeah, remember you were speaking earlier about the about the bumps when the the, the um you know like the braids are right. tight and things like that. Right. Um. Yeah. That that if they're hives, hives in general can come up anywhere on the body. Um. It's rare for them just to be. Um, concentrated on one area unless there's something going on in that area causing the hive. And so I would, you know, my question would be, does she have any traction hairstyles um, contributing to that? Or if she has um, any kind of inflammation up there, whether it's um, kind of itching and, and that sort of thing, you can prevent hives with um, by taking an antihistamine like Zyrtec. Um, a lot of times I'll tell people to take, you know, 10 milligrams of Zyrtec um, daily to prevent those hives and just making sure you're moisturizing daily. But if they are, um, it would need to be investigated more to see if there's something contributing to the hives coming up. Hives in general coming all over the body can be, they can come from stress or a reaction from food or um a, a insect bite, and then some people with autoimmune conditions can get hives, generalized hives. But if they're just coming up around the hairline, 
there may be something going on in the scalp causing that. So she says they're regular size highs. And so mm-hmm. I was asking her, like, what hairstyles, you know, is she wearing when she gets them? And she says she's thinking that it may be coming from her edge control. She said she mm-hmm. noticed it oh. just started again when she got a certain hairstyle with edge control. Yeah. So she may be having a reaction to the edge control. Yeah, maybe it's an ingredient in the edge control. Let me ask you, Dr. Love, what would would you suggest or what do you like when it comes to um, uh, moisturizers, one for the face and then one for the body? What would you recommend or suggest? Um, So things that you can get over the counter, we love um, CeraVe. That's kind of the gold standard for ceramide containing Moisturizer mm-hmm. and they have moisturizer. My favorite that I use on my body is by La Roche Posay. It's called the Lipicar Balm, and it has ceramides um, as well as lipids, um, which are fats um, that can moisturize really well, and hyaluronic acid. So um, that's my favorite. Um, I think Gold Bond Eczema Relief Cream um, has ceramides, but it also has cocoa butter and shea butter. So people who have dry skin or just a lot of discoloration on the body, we recommend that. Um, I think Cetaphil um, facial moisturizer is good for people with oilier skin or who have acne-prone skin. So I like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then um, we we um, have SkinCeuticals products in our office, and the most popular moisturizers, the triple lipid moisturizer by them for the face. And and so it has ceramides, hyaluronic acid, and then those different lipids that can help moisturize the face. What was that, that nice. balm that you mentioned that you liked for your for the body? How did you spell that? It's it's um it's L I P I K A R I think they've changed it from balm to cream now. So it's Lipicar Cream. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, and it's by La Roche-Posay. Mm-hmm. L-A-R-O-C-H-E. Mm-hmm. Posay. Nice. Okay. I like that. Now, really quickly, before we, before we go off, because I know we, we've run over time, but... Um, can we talk a little bit about eczema? And I know that there's um, different types of, um, you know, different types of dermatitis. But can we talk a little bit about about eczema and, you know, what can cause some forms of eczema and and how how do we treat it? Um, how do we treat it? Yeah. So um, eczema, um, the medical term for eczema is atopic dermatitis, and it's basically um, a condition where your body isn't creating as much moisture as it should. Um, It's not that the moisture aren't working properly. There's a gene in the body called filaggrin, and sometimes it can be defective, and and your body is not moisturizing well. And I say moisturize a lot because, you know, a lot of people that come in, these dermatitis and this eczema, the first thing I ask is how do you put lotion on your body every day? Do you put moisturizer? Right. Fifty, 50% say no. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just by mm-hmm. moisturizing on a regular basis, you can prevent it. But 
Um, in children, a lot of times um, eczema can run in fam- like it runs in families, and so you can get it as a child, a baby, um, where you get the, mm-hmm. the itchy rashes um, behind the knees or in the wrist and arms. Um, and so children, most children grow out of it by the time they're 12, but some, some kids do have a severe form where they can have it lifelong. Um, and then adults can get eczema, and this can be triggered by stress. It can be triggered by changes in the environment. So, like, if you're traveling a lot or visit a hotel or something, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then um, changes in the environment, like you've moved, um, and so, and then um, all those things can cause eczema. And so in terms of treatment, I always recommend a ceramide-based moisturizer. Um, I recommend non-fragrant um, soap, mm-hmm. washing detergent, no. Mm-hmm. I recommend avoiding fabric softeners and dryer sheets. Um, and then... Um, I recommend taking lukewarm showers um, less than 10 minutes, so not hot showers because that can dry the skin out. Um, right. And and if that doesn't help, there are kind of steroid and non-steroidal creams that we can recommend. If that doesn't help, we um, you can do what's called phototherapy. That's like you come into like a stand-up tanning bed and get ultraviolet light two to three times a week to help calm eczema down. And um, they, over the last few years, they've come out with all of these new, there's a new injection called Dupixent. Um, There's one called Mm -hmm. Asri now. And then there are new pills out for eczema. So those new medications that I just named have kind of revolutionized the way we treat eczema. And, um, you know, it's kind of taken dermatology by a storm, really. It's, It's now the number one prescribed biologic um, just because it can effectively get rid of those that itching um, and then if you can do it early it prevents all the scarring that can happen with kids who've had it for so long um, we can prevent right. it now by treating it early any side effects to mm-hmm. these medications for the wow. dupixent for the shots um, the only side effect sometimes it can cause dry eyes and that's it. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. suppress the immune system or nothing. And so that's why I prescribe a lot of it because I have so many people just itching and miserable. And once they get on these, I mean, they are, they are game. Um, now the pills, the pills um, that they've come out with, um, those are called jack kinase inhibitors. And so they slightly, they can slightly suppress the immune system. So there is some kind of blood monitoring that blood work monitoring that we have to do with those, but the injection, mm-hmm. no, no major side effects other than the dry eyes that can happen. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And a lot gotcha. of times people with eczema also, a lot of times people with eczema also have asthma or seasonal allergies. And so, Dupixin mm-hmm. actually asthma as well. So. Oh wow! So oh, wow. Hmm. Interesting. We're gonna have to have you back on the show. I mean, I know <laughs> we just have question after question after question about just you know different skin um, 
you know, issues and concerns. Um, but this has been great. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I love talking about skin. <laughs> so uh, I would love to come back anytime. Um, but, no, it's great always, you know, getting the um, information out to the public. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Well, we'll, nice. we'll definitely be following what's going on with you and your, your practice um, on social media. Um, and we're, we definitely will have you back for sure. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. And thank you so much you're for welcome. inviting me. Absolutely. Oh, you're welcome. Is, it, is there any night? information you. you want to give out about your business? Oh, sure. Um, we are um, in Montgomery, Alabama, River Region, Dermatology and Laser. Um, our website is um, rrdermatologylaser.com. Um, and our Instagram is River Region Derm. Um, but we, you know, we're a comprehensive skin care center, um, and we treat all things skin and hair. Um, um, and so we would love to help you with whatever you have. Nice. Absolutely. All right. Thank all right. you well, once thank again. You. We appreciate you. All right. Okay. Have a good night. Thank you guys for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Um, Again, thanks to Dr. Portia Love um, from Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, We greatly appreciate her and all the information that she shared tonight. Thank you for those of you who shared your questions. We appreciate that as well. Um, Again, continue to follow us um, on Facebook, we are Beauty Talk Online Radio. On Instagram, we are Beauty underscore Talk underscore Media. And on Twitter, we are Beauty underscore Talk. All right. Anything else you got, Denise? That's it. Thank you guys for joining us. All right. Thank you guys so much. Again, we appreciate you. Have a wonderful evening. Have a beautiful and blessed week. And with that, we'll check you guys out again next Sunday night at 9 p.m. Good night. Good night.